Hi, Jack. Hi, Sam. Who have we got on the show today? We've got Jody, aka Sober Flourish. Hello. How are yeah. you? I'm good, are you? Yeah, we done a live recently, didn't we? But it didn't really yeah. go to plan. It sounded no, like no. we were talking over each other. Yeah, it wasn't the best. We sounded a bit rude, didn't we, at the end? Yeah, well, that's how Jack feels all the time. All the time. <laughs> <laughs> but I actually am talking over him. <laughs> no, it was a shame, actually, because when, when we listened, when I listened back to it, it wasn't even that you could understand what each of us was saying. We were literally talking over each other the yeah, whole time. Yeah, it does saying. that sometimes, Instagram yeah. Live. I think there's like a um, delay in there, so then yeah. it not but yeah. we wasn't actually talking over each other when we were no. talking. But no. no, and it's a shame because that conversation was fire. Yeah, yeah. like this one will be anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you've come on. Um, I've been. I always feel like I've known. I know you, but we just yeah, literally follow each other on Instagram, yeah, don't it. we? We've never yeah. met. But I've got a. Um, I've got the mate that I. Uh, I'll tell you about a bit about when I moved into a hotel in a moment. But he reminds me a lot of you. Um, you lived in Hull. You remind me a lot of him, and I think that's the reason why I feel like I know you. It's weird. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I just listened. I'm catching up with So Dave's podcast, and I've been oh, I yeah. was listening to your story a bit on there today. And I was thinking, shall I listen to it? Shall I not? Uh, but I started it, and I haven't finished it yet. But I want to. I want to hear your story. But also, as well, you were just in. Um, you're sober now, obviously. Yeah. But you were just. It's in... coming up to nine months now. Nine months. Amazing. Awesome. Yeah. And you only started like. You were only going to do a hundred days originally, weren't you? Yeah, a lot of people sort of say, "Oh, so what happened? What, what, why did you, why did you decide to kind of be sober forever?" And I, I never did. It was just meant to be a hundred days. That's all it's meant to be. And it was literally just to get some weight off as well. I thought I've just, I've piled it on. I want to get some weight off, and then to kind of keep me on that hundred days because a hundred days, whether you drink one day, two days, three days, every day, if you like a drink, a hundred days is a big deal in it. So I like literally needed to have it in my ears, be watching it, be listening about people, I don't know, the impacts, quit lit, just to keep me on that 100 days. So, yeah, it was only meant to be 100 days, but not forever. Yeah. And I kind of over-educated myself. <laughs> yeah. So, what, so what, what's the goal now, then? Is it is it forever? So, yeah, yeah, it's. I mean, I'm not... Some people don't like to say forever, do they? Because it nah. freaks them out. Yeah. And I'll be, I'll be honest, I've had a couple of spells recently where we've had social occasions like the coronation. We were with my friends and there were loads of us there. And it's not that I want to drink because I don't. I don't have that um, mm. desire to pick up a drink. I just don't feel that at all. Because um, you reframe it, don't you? I think you do. You get It's like a muscle. You get stronger and stronger and stronger yeah. to the point where you literally don't want to, I think. Mm. Um, for some people, not everybody's the same. And I'll be honest... I think it was Dan, you know, Dapper Instagram, yeah. he did a post about um, grieving it and really feeling like he'd missed out. Mm. And I did. I got home um, and it was actually the following day. And I just had a, a full on kind of session with like, say it's crying to my husband. Not that I want to drink. Mm. It was just shit is this me forever? Like, literally, is this it? Like, am I never going to, am I always going to feel a little bit more awkward than everybody else in that situation? Mm. And it's quite scary, I reckon. Mm. It's it's an overwhelming, it's a grief thing, because I am grieving that version of me that would come in, had already had a couple of glasses of Prosecco, warmed up, and I, I, funny girl, life and, life and soul, last one to leave. Now, it's just a, completely different ball game. it's like I've got a completely yeah. new identity and it's a bit yeah, weird yeah and that's what you do grieve I think like it's such an interesting point and I've expressed that in the past as well it is literally like because I, I look at drinking Sam as a different person okay. and and some days I, I completely get that like I, I you do 
I, like like you said, don't get an urge to have a drink or nothing, but I do sometimes miss that old bloke. Do you know what I mean? Oh, sure. like, yeah. But um, it is changing your identity. And the reason I think that a lot of people that go into sobriety, they, they it becomes their new passion. And like drinking and everything was a passion of mine. But I, yeah. I like this wine with my food. Yeah. I didn't. I just like getting <laughs> smashed. And, but um, but I, like that was my passion. But now sobriety becomes my passion because it's part of the rewiring of the brain. And you have to you have to change that identity, I think. Otherwise, you're just going to be be yeah. stuck in a rut like you was. Yeah. Like, like I was before anyway. I've done that twice now, I think. I'd like a, a bit of a meltdown. My husband's great, he just listens to me, lets me get it off my chest. He's like, Are we done? Are we done now? Are we, are we all right now? <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> and back then we just room. kind of, yeah, back in the room, and I'm finally going to get it out of my system and then carry on because there's no intention there that, Oh God, what have I done? Or, Oh, I really want to drink. It's just that, like you say, it's like shedding that old skin like a snake, isn't it? Like, yeah, absolutely. Getting, get, getting used to the new version of you. Um, yeah. But yeah. I just want to touch on quickly as well. You, you, you were just in the magazine the other day, weren't you? Because you were originally started off by wanting to lose weight. Are you happy to talk about anything? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah it's just a bit weird, like, because it's, I don't know, it's not something that I would ever, ever normally do. Ever. That voice note you sent me yesterday made me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> she goes, now I'm famous. I won't be able to come on the podcast. <laughs> Please rearrange with my PA. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. I've said yeah. fame has changed you. That's it. Doesn't <laughs> yeah. take long, eh? Yeah. Um, yeah, when I was away, I went away on holiday with um, with the family to Centre Parks a few weeks ago, and I got a, a DM from a freelance writer. She just said that she'd noticed one of the Transformation Tuesday photos, um, and would I be happy to share my story? I, was kind of, I actually thought somebody would pull in my leg, to be honest. I thought it was as if. Um, and uh, I said, yeah, why not? Why not? So we had a we had a good chat. She was lovely. We got on really well. I just just sort of said to her, please don't make me look like an idiot. Um, mm. Because I think it's quite, I don't know, it's in somebody else's hands, isn't it? And you don't know how that's going to play out. Like if you have that interview and she decides to write whatever she wants to and publishes it, mm. screwed then, aren't you really? So um, yeah. it was yeah, nice. I, I think it's very um, inspirational for others to read that. Like I said to you, I've been going to the gym a lot lately, but that's because I follow you on Instagram and other people that inspire me to do that. And it, and it, and that's how it works, I think. And that... that you you should be really proud of yourself for how far you you've come. But not only not with drinking, but but to get to where you're at now Thanks. is incredible. Thank you. Thank you. I think that's the other thing as well. I was like, don't make me look like an idiot. But I thought it's a really good opportunity to to share because I'm a big advocate that some people go, oh, how much weight have you lost since you stopped drinking? I was like, well, not that much to be honest with you. Mm. But the the shifts that I've made in terms of like healthy habits that I've put in place and mentally where I am since I stopped drinking, that's worth 15 stone to me. Do you know what yeah. I mean? It's like, I don't care how much weight I've lost since I stopped drinking, but yeah, yeah. it's more the healthy habits I've put in place and removing that time on a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, where I'm not drinking or hungover or thinking about getting pissed or mm. thinking about the next social occasion. So it's socially acceptable to be having a drink at six o'clock at tea time and whatever with your dinner. Um, it, it's uh, it's freed up so much time for me to be able to focus on myself. Yeah. That, and yeah, I, I wanted to kind of get that across. Do you know what I mean? It's not yeah, just about the weight that. loss, which that's a great byproduct, obviously. Yeah, a lot um, of people say that's a good byproduct, but I went the other way. Well, I think, I mean, I did initially. I did yeah. initially um, a, li a little bit, but I don't know. It's, it's, it's different, isn't it? I, I 
I think I coincidentally signed up with a PT at the same mm. time. I had the help there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so a yeah, lot of it, a lot I, of it came I, up. I think I think that's that is a good point to make as well because some people will be listening. And a lot of people do think, oh, you lose a lot of weight when you first in sobriety, but it, I, I like so a lot of people don't. They they replace the sugars from the alcohol with with food yeah. as well, don't they? And, and that's what I've done, unfortunately. Yeah, well, I never used to <laughs> like anything sweet at all. Like, I, if I saw my husband, Dale, eating a bar of chocolate, I'd be like, how can you eat that much? I genuinely yeah. couldn't get my head around it. Like, if we would go out for dinner with the girls, they'd all be drooling over a dessert, and I just couldn't get my head around it. Cheese yeah. and biscuits, give me that. Yeah. And some more red wine. That's the same, yeah. 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 And as soon as I stopped drinking, I don't know yeah. what the hell has happened to me. Like, chocolate, I could eat it, like just all day yeah I've got the, was, the biggest sweet tooth it is you craving the sugars mm. from the alcohol that you're not replacing anymore isn't it? like i was with my the first time i got sober i, I was making my, my daughters and they were only little at the time didn't eat cheesecake but i was making them cheesecakes and they were having a little <laughs> sliver and then i <laughs> then i ate the rest of it <laughs> one for you ten for me. yeah you'll see me on instagram in a couple of months like, <laughs> holding up a sign how long i've been off cheesecake yeah. <laughs> but no i have just started um it is a, a very that's another reason I wanted to get you on as well because it is a very important topic and I want to speak to more people about it because I have noticed personally myself that um I've been using food a lot lately um the same way as I was using drink and drugs to change the way I felt and it's just something I've only noticed recently and and I've, I've got an unhealthy relationship with food which is what I've really started to look at and I think it's a part of the growing growing through sobriety and everything as well yeah absolutely yeah one thing moves out the way you kind of it comes it comes it comes up and you learn how to handle that that gets out of the way and then it's the next thing isn't it yeah all of these things that could have been there before but we just kind of drank through yeah no i i, I totally hear you with that and i've been and your story is, your story is the one that that got me actually thinking about that so so yeah so it inspired me that's what i said to you that inspired this, me to get into the gym isn't it? yeah exactly no, I, yeah I'm an anxious being. I've always been an anxious being. Not so much, well, nowhere near as much now since I don't drink, but this sort of thing would have scared the hell out of me before. Yeah. Um, doing Dave's podcast scared the hell out of me. Doing Terry's, I was only like two months two months sober at the time, sassy sober mum. But I, I keep thinking to myself, if it just helps one person, I don't give a shit how anxious I am or yeah. how nervous I am because that's what that's what it's about because that's yeah. what it was for me it was listening to other people's stories and it was listening to Sassy's Over Mom's podcast where I started to hear things and like that, that resonated with me that they were classing as red flags that to me was just like it's just mm. normal that's what I've always done and it was me relating to somebody else's story that made me think, oh shit, you've actually got a problem here. You've got a problem. So I think now, like, I've got to do the same thing. Mm. I've got to do the same thing. And it could, and it could take 10 people, men, women, all different ages, shapes, sizes, or whatever, from all different places of the country. There'll only be one of them probably that'll resonate with you, that looks like you, that's your age, at your stage in life, with kids, etc. So it's it's keep listening and there'll be somebody. Do you know what I mean? That will inspire yeah, along the way. Yeah, and I I generally believe that the, the universe works in ways for you as well. So like who you telling your story will always fall on the person that needs to hear it as well, I think. And and I always say that. I was like if if 
one episode helps one person, it's well worth it. Isn't it? Hopefully, it helps a lot more. Yeah, but if but it helps just one person, definitely. Yeah, and it's worth it. I mean, that's that's come with how we've built the whole parameters around the, the podcast. That's where it's all come from. So, um, yeah, I mean, uh, that, that was you know when I first started on here and yeah. and um, yeah, sharing stories and trying to inspire people and just trying to break down the stigma a little bit as yeah. um, that's that's what that's we're all about with, with you guys as well. There are a lot of sobriety podcasts out there now, but then there aren't a lot of sobriety podcasts that have, say, you guys, mm. your type, yeah. you two. Do you know what I mean? So people will relate to you more than they might do to a hundred others. Yeah, and that's the beauty of it it's as well. So important. It, it, even if someone's on a sobriety journey and they listen to our podcast per se and think, oh, I want to listen to a podcast, but these two aren't for me. But they, but it inspires them to find another one, and it gets them Absolutely. so. But then, then you've helped them in a way as well. Do you know what I mean? Okay. So, yeah, I, I, I want to get back into your your sobriety journey, if that's all right. Um, what, what, what made you decide you wanted to do the hundred days then? So, during during lockdown, I gained a lot of weight. Um, and I, I, to be fair, I wouldn't say that there were a, a, a whole kind of things leading up to that, red flags that I'd noticed, certain types of behaviour where I thought, oh, hang on a minute, there could, there's something stirring here. You could probably do with knocking it on the head a bit. Um, but during during lockdown, um, I was taking some um, medication for anxiety at the time, and um, in I, I hadn't changed my drinking. In fact, during lockdown, I was drinking more. I didn't stop drinking as much as I was with the medication if that makes sense I've not, not changed my um my behavior with alcohol knowing I was taking the medication so those two things mixed together um just became a bit of a recipe for disaster for me so I kind of get up to go to bed at night and I'd started to fall over um these things again at the time weren't red flags didn't think anything of it I was thinking oh you had too much last night and that was it um so there was never kind of a load of things kind of leading up to it it all just culminated in, in me gaining a lot of weight and thinking I need to take a break because the only time I can ever or have previously been able to lose weight is when I've taken a couple of weeks off the booze. Mm. So from that point of going into kind of lockdown where I'd gained, I think I remember getting on the on the scales at one point uh, just, just before Christmas and I'd hit 16 stone. Um, I'd, I, I knew the only way I was going to be able to get that off was with chunks of sobriety. So I did keep taking breaks, but not with the intention to detox my body, give myself a break from pouring this red wine in my face all of the time. It was purely because I wanted to get some weight off. It was a completely different viewpoint. It's almost weird to me to think that during all of that time, not once did it enter my head that I could have a problem with drinking and that I'm struggling to take these breaks. So I'd set myself a four week goal to really try and shift a bit of weight, but I'd never get to the four weeks. But again, that wasn't a red flag to me that I couldn't do four weeks. Mm. I just think, oh, it's normal because everybody likes to drink. Do you know what I mean? I never yeah. really recognized that behavior of myself. It was just around me, everywhere I went. I'm from a family of big drinkers also. Um, as I was growing up, um, and again, this is no, no fault to my mom, but my mom would regularly sit there with a bottle of wine, well, every night every night so I kind of saw that behavior um and and I guess adopted that yeah. so I've never really recognized any sort of 
Yeah, it's not just a big family that we come from. It's a big nation of drinkers we come sure. from, isn't it? And 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 you're right because like it it's just so normalised that it's only until I got sober that I started questioning it myself mm. and that, like not judging anyone, especially my family and that. But but I do sometimes think, hang on, that like this isn't normal <laughs> like, not, all, how old was you when you first started drinking because the normal age about 13 yeah isn't it? it was it was very very similar for me say say very similar to story to loads of people it was kind of waiting outside um the local off license yeah. trying to get someone to go in and get us a bottle of special red cider oh, yeah. i can say that word now it just turns my stomach <laughs> um but yeah so we, like at youth club 14 15 years old really we got suspended in the first year of school for uh Somebody brought some brandy in, in a seven up bottle and uh, we passed that around the toilets. Literally, I can remember it just touching my lips from a dab of the copper. So I can remember thinking, do not yeah. get suspended for this. Yeah. And we did. We got suspended and we missed our first disco. That was at 11. Wow. That was the yeah. first time I tasted it. But yeah. Um, how many of you was there? Four. Four of us in the toilets. So we went yeah. and t- told our, our head of year, which was wonderful. <laughs> yeah. So I got myself a nice little nickname because my maiden name is Jodie Brand. So he then, Jodie Brandy was yeah. my name for the rest of comp, which was fantastic. I see why nice. he's a teacher. Yeah. <laughs> he's a teacher, <laughs> aren't it? <laughs> yeah, so from there, from there, um, I would say when it became more of a regular thing, I'd say around about 17 because I moved out from home, out of home then. Um, I don't know whether it's possibly because I had a little bit of a restrictive, restrictive lifestyle at home with my dad being a policeman. My friends could kind of go out and party and whatnot. And we were very kind of like, you'll do it when you're ready, when you're old enough. And, 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 and that's it, really. Um, but I moved out and moved into a hotel, probably a couple of miles away from home. Um, used to bike there and back. I, I would do kind of reception work, um, front of house, silver service, that sort of thing. Um, and I and I did. I lived in full time, so that was kind of a my first sort of taste of drinking regularly because we'd finish work and then we'd go in the tavern bar yeah. and we'd sit and have a few pints, and that was very normal. Um, again, seventeen, it's not really that normal. Yeah. Um, and then we would finish work on a Friday, all pile into the car and we'd head off to the local town and just go out clubbing. Um, and that's really probably where it kind of started a bit on, on the heavier side of things. Mm. Um, but yeah, so moving in on my own. And I think then, because I didn't have anybody else, just the people that I worked with, all of my friends had kind of gone to university. Um, so there was, there was me, the bar and work. That's generally when you live in as well, you're the first person they knock on when someone rings in sick. That's yeah. all I was doing. And I was getting all this money yeah. and then putting it back behind the bar again. And that's kind of where um You're perfect employee for was... them then, really. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Um, probably, I did move home. Go on, sorry, Sam. Probably boredom and that as well. Um, yeah, what else did I have to do? No, yeah. 20 embassy number one and pints of Stella. Embassy, such a, such a lady at 17. <laughs> <laughs> Embassy number one. I was more of a oh. sovereign man because because they were only two pound a packet. Then. <laughs> it's all the overtime I was doing, so that's yeah. what it is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I did move home for a little while after that um, before I then moved into a bigger town um, where I changed my job. Um, I had a gorgeous apartment, but again, better job, more money, still living on my own. Um and that kind was, of turned into... Was the drinking kind of consistent all the way through that, your that kind of lifestyle that you were doing? That yeah. was it. Once I, kind of, once I kind of started that lifestyle at 17, it would mm-hmm. be very rare that I would go a night without having a drink. Because okay. even if I was doing a late shift, we would go to the bar after a late shift. So like normally, if you were to go home 
and you're not getting back until say 11 o'clock at night nothing's open you've not got anything to drink anyway so it was very much a a, a bit of a vicious cycle really was you was you drinking a lot and did your drinking progress into to more alcohol later on in life uh, yeah it did do it did do I mean for, for there like I say it was just like a couple of pints after work when I moved into the bigger into the town um and I and I, I moved into my own flat I moved then to drinking red wine and I would drink a bottle of red wine every night and thought nothing of it I mean mm. and then my friends didn't do that so it wasn't something that I kind of did because all of, everybody else was doing it yeah. um it, I was very I think I remember at the time being quite conscious that I would finish work I'd go and get 10 pound phone credit my embassy number one, I'm going to get my fags and I get a bottle of wine. And that was my behaviour every single night. Yeah. I would wake up for work, felt absolutely fine, did a, held a job down. Nobody was none the wiser. But that was probably, I'd say, like in my 18, 19, 18, 19. So to be sat drinking a bottle of red wine every single night at 18 and 19, I look mm. back now and think, Jesus Christ, if my kids were doing that, I'd be like, there's something wrong here. Yeah. But I didn't, I didn't question it. I didn't yeah. question it. Um, so yeah, it did it did escalate into that. And then obviously at weekends, because I was living in a town, mine was the party place, everybody would come back to mine. We'd we'd barely sleep all weekend and then back at it on a Monday morning again, back to the grind, back to work. And it was just a cycle right right up until being probably 24 when I when I got back with Dale. So did did it mess with your mental health at all, or did you never have any problems with that? I didn't uh, when I was younger. I mean, but I couldn't have told you because I was just a party girl. Just it was just kind it of all out yeah. All the time, yeah, yeah. It yeah. was just the lifestyle that we had. We would just get wrecked all weekend, hold your job down <laughs> to pay for the weekends, yeah. uh, pay for my rent, and pay for the weekends, and that's all we used with, to live for. With me, when I was hungover, I I was riddled with fear and anxiety the next day. Mm. So you clearly didn't. You could function and that and go mm. to work on a hangover and that. Then you was all right. And... Yeah, I was fine. I was fine. It depends on kind of what we got to at the weekend. Yeah. Depending on what kind of state I was in the next day. Um, if there, if there wasn't, if there weren't any kind of extracurriculars involved, <laughs> that'd be fine. Yeah. Um, but if we'd had what a bit of mean? a heavy. <laughs> If we if we'd have if we'd have had a bit more of a heavy heavier weekend, then yeah, for sure, you it's, it's not a nice feeling the next day, is it? But no. um, yeah. So, but no, the the drinking definitely, definitely was just it was part of me. It was part of my identity. Uh, I've mentioned before that my friends had kind of asked me to go out on a Friday night, and I sober Jody would be no, I can't afford it. I'm not going. But they'd wait till half nine, and I'd drink a bottle of red wine, and then they'd just come round and tell me to get ready, and then we'd be yeah. out. So it was just a yeah, it's like that that heaven dive sort of thing. They know oh, yeah, that. For it's, sure. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. That it's a, what I find amazing about your story is that you just stopped to um to lose a bit of weight, and you realised all the benefits that sobriety brings. And it's just I, think, just I don't know whether it was meant to happen at that time. I'm not sure. Um, but it did. I mean, when I look back, and my drinking was problematic. I mean, I would drink mainly at a weekend mainly at a weekend um but like I said before if you're thinking about it Monday Tuesday Wednesday and yeah. I get to third I'm probably drinking Thursday Friday Saturday Sunday so really in a week I'm, I'm four out of seven days every week um I just I don't know I, I kind of wish I'd have noticed it I wish I'd have noticed all these things as red flags but we just don't I don't think uh, we do and, and I don't yeah it's 
we could all say, I oh, wish done this, wish done that, but mm. um, I think we're lucky that we found sobriety at some stage of our life because yeah. so many people go through their whole life without even, like, like with especially your story as well, just completely just thinking it's the norm and never even question yeah. getting sober. And, and both me and you know what sobriety can bring as well. So it's quite sad. Some people, don't get me wrong, enjoy, like, like um, some people in my family, they they love just going to the pub and having a drink. And if I've said, would you ever try sobriety? They look at me like, oh, got three heads. <laughs> Do you know what I mean, it's just never Why even crossed their mind. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. But that's that's down to each individual. But mm. um, I think I do feel that we're lucky that we found sobriety. Like you, but you I were think... going to do a hundred days of it, realize how much um, how much of it of a positive impact it had in all areas of your life, that's which kept you I... on it. I think there's a couple of things I'm kind of thinking going through at the moment, like when I get inboxes, there was a woman asked me the other day, like, when does it get better? When do you get this sober? Because that's what I, I worry a little bit about, like my account, like I come across as really positive and share all the positivities because there are, yeah. and it's like, it is fucking awesome yeah. once you get there. But it isn't easy. No. It doesn't all happen like that. And you have got to do a lot of work to get yourself into a strong position and to a strong place to be able to face all of these different occasions and um, be able to not to not want a drink, etc. Yeah, it's not easy. And I don't think I don't know. Maybe I'm not looking in the right places, but I, there's not a lot of that that share that bit at the beginning how friggin' painful it can be and how yeah. hard it can be and even, the grief even later on even later on there's still times um now like recently i was struggling recently and i try i i try and share how i've been the whole time so it's a bit more real for people because i get exactly what you're saying like some people um might look online and think oh surprise it's gonna be amazing all the time and and everyone's on a pink fluffy cloud and it's not life still turns up doesn't it and well, yeah, um the, the, the one bit of advice i sorry the one yeah. bit of advice i like to give people is um is that all emotions are temporary and that's all they've been the game changer for me in this sobriety um and i've learned that through going and talking to other people but every emotion before, I would numb it out with drink. Like even if I was happy, sad, um, anxious, angry, whatever the emotion was, I didn't like it. Um, my any of my emotions going up, so I quickly have a drink or I'd have a drug to, to take it down. It always bring me back down to baseline. But what I do now is I let I, I sit with each emotion and I and I just remind myself that whether it's happy, sad, angry, or whatever that it's not going to last forever mm. and that's that's been a game changer for me yeah. right even with being happy i have to say to myself don't get too You're fucking used away. to it <laughs> <laughs> no i know what you mean yeah. i know what you mean completely why do you keep staring at me Jack? <laughs> you put me off my podcast. yeah sorry mate. yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah you, have you got any questions jack you always do that. You like just put me on the spot like that. <laughs> well, I, do, do you know what? I am very professional and I'm prepared and I have questions already. You just come in eating pears. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was hungry, leave work. him alone. Yeah. I sped all the way to get here. At least he shoe up, eh? Yeah. <laughs> shoe up. Shoe up. Shoe showed up. At least you're here, Jack, hey? I'm yeah. here. Makes a nice change, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely here. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, Jack got caught up at work last <laughs> no, week. No, <laughs> I did. I certainly did. I've had, uh, but I've basically I've changed. I'm still within the same job, but I've changed mm. to a different area. And um, there's a lot to learn. The people that were there prior, <laughs> the people that were there previously to me, didn't do a whole lot of well, like proper work. And there's not a lot of catalogued stuff, so I'm having to play catch up and like trying to start again almost. But yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. So I'm extending and doing long shifts, and it's yeah, it's it's quite a lot at the minute. That's your excuse, and you're sticking to it. Yeah. Anyway, back to your story. <laughs> anyway, um, what what I did want to ask you, obviously, I, yeah. I asked earlier just around like those those little peer group kind of things, and because um, oh, that's always something that sort of interests me. Because obviously, we speak to individuals, and quite often, when as an individual with uh, a drinking problem, then it it it's kind of linked with others, or it's it's within a social circumstance. So, did you ever feel like? Um, it was a, a group, it was always a group setting kind of thing, or was it very much as a singular thing? And did, did others kind of identify that you maybe had an issue with drink? It was never isolated to a particular group of people. No, it was, it was, it was me. It was a me thing. It was a me problem. Um, I drank a lot on my own. And I think I heard, I was listening to a bit of Kate's when Kate was on, um, with you guys um and she she was sort of saying the same as what I when people sort of say well when I got to the point where I was drinking on my own at home I knew I've got a problem well in that case I had a problem when I was 18 years old because that's what I just did I that's how it was I don't know whether it was just it was just what I did so I would drink on my own we would drink at parties we'd drink going for dinner if, if it meant that I got to drive when Dale and I would go out I sometimes would just not go because I knew I wasn't going to enjoy it without having a drink because I came with drink. Drinking was part of what I did. And if I was to go somewhere and not drink, I was, I just knew I wasn't going to enjoy it. So it wasn't, it wasn't anybody that was a trigger. I have certain people that I would drink more with. It was definitely a bad influence on my husband for sure. I know that now since I've quit because he barely touches it. I always thought he was as bad as me, but he definitely was not as bad as me. <laughs> um, so no, I'm my own worst enemy, Jack, to be honest. I can't blame anyone. <laughs> and your husband's boss, have it? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> did, Poor you, did, did you ever have any of your mates kind of ask you about whether there, there was an issue or, or did they identify anything? No, no. They were coming round at half nine trying to get you out on the latch. <laughs> they were the ones trying to... No, I think... No, I've never... I don't... I've never had the conversation with them, like, do you think I had a problem? Um... I think maybe, I don't know, would they have sort of said to me, oh, yeah, that's a good thing. Like if I was to say to them, right, I'm sober now, would they have said all oh, about time or we were wondering or we were worried about you? But I just I just don't think I drank any differently to them. I would drink more regularly. I've got friends that drink every night. I've got some friends that drink every weekend. I've got some friends that can take it or leave it. So there's a mix of us um, where I'm not saying that anyone's got a problem or anyone's right or anyone's wrong. Um, but that's just always been the norm to be yeah. honest i suppose i suppose i just i always find that interesting for me because i i i pick up on quite a few people my you know where i work there's a lot of staff there I work with a lot of different individuals and um obviously we have staff night out and that sort of thing i can i don't know whether it's just from like being with sam and then like the, the conversations we've had but I, I can always pick up on someone who maybe is a bit too much or they're you just see little habits and little things yeah. you can identify things. What do you mean? They're, they're drinking too much or they're too much? 
just it's like their attitude to the alcohol it's like you know when we have like a social gathering my intention is to go out and to enjoy the company of my friends and if alcohol's there then i will have some but that that's just me but yeah. i can very much pick up on people who are very much like the alcohol is the focus i was that person i was where's the next drink coming from yeah um but I, were you the same though did you notice that at the time or have you noticed that since you've quit uh, do you know what no, I didn't notice it at the time. Really. It's, it's it's on reflecting, but there there was um, even even from a very young age, I, I, on the walk down to the nightclub and that, I'd have to have a beer or two with me just on the yeah. walk. Yeah. Couldn't go that far without a drink, and and um, I'd stash a couple of beers outside the nightclub on the on the for the walk home and that as well. So early on, wow, yeah. <laughs> There are things that I've only learned about myself and those kind of red flags and those behaviours as being problematic since I've quit. Yeah. Um, because I didn't... It's listening to other people talking about having a drink and before they finish that drink, they're thinking about the next one. And that was me. I didn't yeah. even know I was doing it. But now I know that that's what I used to do. Yeah. And like I'd get to the end of my glass and be like, right, who's going to the bar? I wouldn't say it out loud, but I have it in my head. It's the first time I've talked about this, yeah. but I'd have it in my head, like, mm, I'll go, it's my round or whatever, and I'm working that out. But the other people we stood with didn't give a shit where the next drink was coming from yeah. because they were just still two sips down, and I'd necked mine because I was party you know girl, what? I was ready to go. took my addiction to the extreme as well, and that behaviour escalated into drugs and that as well, mm. and I've often said as well, I'd be sat at home with a big pile of cocaine and be, and be so paranoid and worried about that running out and where, where I was going to get the next lot from when I already had a load in front of me. Yeah. So that's interesting. Yeah. I that. yeah. Um, and I don't know whether there, whether there is, again, I don't know too, I don't know enough about it, but about a bit addictive personalities and stuff, but I was the same Sam on, on a mm. night out that was, I was similar, very similar. Mm. And I've not kind of talked about my relationship with drugs and stuff before, mm. but yeah, again, I talk about, party girl in all the whole encompassing that's that's generally what what I was like and yeah. I recognize that in myself in those behaviors and yeah. I'm just and I often talk about Dale like this when we got together when I was 24 the drinking in the week stopped it went to weekends mm. the drugs stopped still carried on smoking but mm. I did start making some changes it did get worse again drinking did get worse again didn't touch drugs ever again since I got with Dale but mm. um yeah, things change. Definitely yeah. things change. And, and it's interesting you say that about the, the addictive personalities and everything. And I notice it in myself now. And that's why I have to um, try and find healthy addictions and stuff. But that mental obsession and when you put drink and drugs and stuff and cigarettes, which are highly addictive, that's why I struggled with them for so long. But I was talking to someone about it the other day. And there's a number of us at work, chefs. And some of these chefs, they go out and they can have a couple of drinks and, and leave it, whereas I could never do that. But it's not just with the drink and the drugs. That was just part of the problem. But that someone cooked some cookies at work the other day, right? And they, they messed them up, so we were all trying them. Yeah, they all had a bit of this cookie, and I had a bit. And I watched everyone else, and everyone else was getting on with their job and everything. And my mental obsession, I kept going back to the cookie. Like, I, and and I could have, in the end, I had to throw them away because I kept going back and eating more and more. If I if I have something, it becomes a mental obsession, and I can't stop having it, like whatever it is. You know what I mean? So that it, it is a behavioural thing. I, yeah. I'm convinced of it. I think a lot of people relate to that. Yeah, definitely. 
I have to get Dale to hide the chocolate now. Bring it yeah. in. Give me I, a bit I, and then I hide live it. In a flat up here. I've, I've, I've got so annoyed with myself once. I've had to throw biscuits and sweets out the window, <laughs> and then I've still gone down and got them. I can honestly. Some people that are listening to this probably think that's nuts, but I completely relate to that. Completely. <laughs> the amount of times where Dale's actually gone and put the crisps in the car. This is when I was drinking, actually. Gone yeah. and put the crisps in the boot of the car, and then at half twelve at night, I'm like, bleep, bleep. Honestly, it's ridiculous. I used to be a nightmare when I was drinking. I would, I would, I would never kind of class myself as a binge eater. But once I drank, that that time for me, once he'd gone to bed, I mean, I was already pissed. I don't know what I thought I was going to do for those (laughs) next couple of hours. But I sat and I was like a lady of leisure with more red wine, loads (laughs) of crisps. I couldn't tell you what I'd watched on Netflix for the next two hours. No idea. But I classed that as me time as well. But I would just plough through crisps and crisps and crisps. Like I got, I don't know, like I was being paid to eat them. It's ridiculous. (laughs) Ridiculous. Start calling you Gary Lineker. (laughs) (laughs) What's your favourite parts about sobriety? Oh, God, everything. There's too much. Um, the patience, patience with the kids, mm. um, my performance at work, my relationship with Dale, because I'm not a total bitch the majority of the time, either hungover or pissed and argumentative. Um, I'm more considerate because I've got the, the capacity to think about other people and birthdays and I don't know, everything. Um, the ability to be able to get up and go for a run when I want to because I'm not hanging. Monday morning at work, I used to take beta blockers the second I got up on a Monday morning because I was so riddled with anxiety because I'd got drank too much on Sunday night when I promised myself I wasn't going to do because I'd got all the reporting to do at work on a Monday morning so I would be taking tablets to steady my heart rate which was all self-induced so not having to do that anymore um my heart rate's lower lost weight so much Sam. so much how much, how much weight have you lost if you don't mind me asking I could I, I realized as I said it that's an incredibly rude question no, it's fine. You're talking yeah. to someone that's it's literally just put a, a, their entire story in a magazine. So we're all right. Yeah. We're good. <laughs> we're good. Um, four stone. Four stone and three pounds at the minute, I think. That's incredible. I think I found one of them stones. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's I'm in those glad. biscuits you chipped out the window and then went to go and get them. Again. Oh, well, again, but I've got some extra steps in going down. And... You know, I look back now and I look at some 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 videos of myself and I used to kind of go for a run and I was at my heaviest and I was still drinking every weekend and I think, oh, could you poor thing? Because I was literally just undoing all of my hard work all the time. Um, but yeah, when I when I um, got on the on the scales that that morning and I saw 16 stone that was the heaviest I've had, I'd ever been and I'm only five foot four so I'm a little dinker so it was like a little pudding um <laughs> so I, I yeah I, you could you could tell you could tell I, I'd kind of I gained a lot of weight but yeah so it was running I, I I was trying slimming world I'd done slimming world for as long as I can remember when I had Dexter my eldest so 13 years ago um as soon as I had him I was recovering from an emergency C-section. After that, I was like, I need to, I need to try and get some weight off. So for all that time, I've been trying to do Slimming World, trying to get the weight off, just chasing this, being an angel all week and then getting to the weekend and throwing red wine down my throat and eating. So it's just gradually either staying the same or, or kind of increasing, only ever losing weight when I kind of took a break from drinking. So from, from uh, 20, when would it have been? When I got on the scales and realised I was that heavy was... January 2021 so it's taken me a couple of years taken me a couple of years to get it off and it's been really slow and really steady um but yeah so again like I say only when I've taken breaks from drinking did it 
managed to come off. Mm. But I, I joined a training program, which you might have seen, I tagged him in all sorts of stuff um, on my stories and whatever. Um, Joe is uh, fantastic. He does an online training program. Um, for everybody really he's got he's got kind of he's got people on there all different ages shapes sizes he's got um, um a lady with an artificial leg that's just managed to smash her goals it's almost like anybody sort of system I haven't got the time or I can't do I'm like just check out the people that he's done transformations with you've yeah, got no excuses like he works with everybody so yeah threw myself into that really threw myself into it and he's he's a habit forming coach so again I'm, I'm a, a big advocate that you can't just take the drinking away. You need to try and replace it with something else. I mm. think you need to you need to try and condition your, your mind that you're not going without something. So put something in its place. And ideally, it's something healthy. So for me, it was 10, 10K steps a day. And that helped me that when I was thinking about drinking and if I'd have a trigger, because doing Sunday dinner would be a trigger for me because that's when I'd open a bottle of Prosecco or a bottle of red wine or whatever. So I would start dinner and then I'd get my trail shoes on and I would just stomp down the river with a sobriety podcast in my ears just to try and kind of like get it yeah, out of that, me. That's that rewiring of yeah, the brain, isn't it? Completely. So yeah. that was for me, I would replace the drinking before I even joined Joe's programme with getting out down the river and just walking and walking and walking. It just mm. really replaced it with that. So yeah, it's made a biggest, biggest difference since I stopped drinking because I'm able to be consistent. So it's consistently come off. What's, what's, um, your, what's your relationship with food like now? Do you allow yourself to have a treat or do you... I don't, I just, it's not, because I'm I'm focused on tracking calories and I'm really mindful and conscious that so long as I burn more calories than I'm putting in my face, yeah. I'm going to lose weight because that is as simple as it is. Um, I don't really generally have like a treat or whatever because I'll have whatever I want so long as I count it in my daily calories. So I don't feel yeah. like I'm restricting myself, whereas I used to with Slimming World um you'd kind of have I don't know a chocolate bar and it, it'd be however many sins or whatever so you'd be like oh shit I've screwed it so you'd eat a gatto or something just like <laughs> self-sabotage but yeah so it just changed my entire my entire outlook really so I don't really like call it a treat or a or a cheat or anything like that mm. if I know I fancy a chocolate bar I make sure I track it and then I've got less calories for everything else and you just kind of yeah. do what works for you really and that's what I think's been a big shift really because I've got a much healthier relationship with food and I'm not categorizing it as a sin or oh you've screwed it because you've got over something you're trying to count you know what I mean yeah I can recommend frying chocolate out the window and running down the stairs to get it you've, you've and the calories it, I'm going to fetch it again yeah <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't work <laughs> unfortunately no, <so> it wouldn't <laughs> work would it yeah. No. Uh, I love it and I love, I love this talk as well and talking about you losing weight and everything because because that's where I want to be right now as well and it's inspiring me inspiring me some more what I'm, are you following I'm, the programme Sam are you just like nearly just yours or? just you <laughs> you and Joe Wicks Yorkshire tea, that's yeah, it. Yeah, Yorkshire tea. That's why I had you on here. I didn't even want to hear about you, Sarai. <laughs> Make me slim. Make me hey, slim. Hey, listen, if you're if you're serious and you and you want to, I would highly recommend this this Joe guy. He's got a lot of guys on there that is making some big changes for I'll, I'll look into it, definitely. I'm, yeah, I'm very blessed. Guy. My mum and dad have got 
um, all women's gyms, and one of them's literally, you can see it out my window now. I was wondering, because you shit keep sharing, like, late at night, that you're in yeah. the gym. Where is he? Where is he yeah, going? Yeah, well, I pay for a gym, which I don't use, but I'm using my mum and dad's all women's gym. But it's all air, like, machines and everything, and it's good on your joints and everything. Is this I... many, if you say it's an all-women's gym, is there someone you want to tell me? Yeah, I am female. <laughs> I, I identify, Samuel identifies right. as a female. Yeah. It's there official. Care no. to talk exclusive. No, I'm only allowed to go in there when it's um, when it's closed because it is all women's and the restraining orders and stuff. So, oh God, <laughs> deleted. <laughs>
as as a kind of busy parent as well before if I was to carve out any time to go and work out or go for a walk or it would be seen as selfish I would I would feel selfish that I was taking time for myself like my only spare time should be for the boys um but because I'm not spending my time boozing mm. and I'm filling that slot with working out that free time is still the same if that makes sense so I don't mm. feel guilty I don't know, just, it's, it's completely been transformative. The whole of the last nine months have just, I feel like my life has just been tipped upside down. Like, you know, like a snow globe. Mm. I feel like someone's just shaken everything up and now everything's kind of settling back into place of where it was all meant to be all That's along. Good. That's lovely to hear, though. Mm. What's the future hold for you then? Well, it's, I mean, I, so I'm a, a full-time digital marketing product manager um, for... Um, the UK's, I don't know what I can say, I can say Interflora, that's who I work for, Interflora. Um, and I love that job. I really love that job. However, I am becoming more and more passionate at the moment, um, kind of helping other people and just raising, just talking about my story, just so that it kind of relates to somebody else. Um, so I'm kind of, not, I don't know what that kind of looks like at the minute. I've no idea kind of how how that looks or what that looks like. And I, being invited to things like this is fantastic. And, and I'm loving this. Is, I'm really enjoying it. I'm really passionate about it. There's an event um, that I've been invited to. Um, it's a, a, like a, a women's a seminar for women. Um, that in July. So little things kind of keep popping up, asking to write blogs and that sort of thing. So it's really, I, I want to explore that a little bit more. Um, and yeah. be open to that whereas before it was very much I've got my job I, I haven't got time for the, those sorts of things um, but whilst these little opportunities are kind of popping up I want to keep exploring that and just trying to help help people as much as I can I don't think I'll I don't think kind of the coaching route is possibly one that I'll I'll probably go down um, I think there are enough of them about yeah. <laughs> at the moment there's quite, quite a lot of them um, but yeah so, so I don't I really know I suppose in a sense I mean I wouldn't say that it's, it's just out of there but it's just being unique isn't it it's finding that unique thing that the thing is going to attract the same sort of uh, followers and, and support that you you know leave these top people again you know yeah yeah and I think I've got to be careful because I have got a full-time job and a family um and and I think you can get a bit kind of carried away in terms of spending too much time on something um but I'm just like I'm just loving it I love that feeling when somebody sends you a message and says I've listened to this yeah and it's changed things for me or yeah and if you're passionate about something, I, I I think you should go with it as well. Like mm. if you're doing stuff you're passionate about, then you're mm. winning. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So I feel like I sound very, very. Um, I don't know what kind of word you would use for it, but I feel like I found my purpose. I do you feel like that? Yeah, do you feel like that? And I what I, I yeah I say it, I get ripped for it by my friends and that. But it's true. I think this is what I was put on the world. I've got put through all that shit and pain and stuff. And I went through all that and I wouldn't fucking change it for the world because I went through that and I can help other people now. And I, and I generally think I got put through that by the universe to help other people. Yeah, I and, that's, and that's what I want to do. That's exactly how I feel, Sam. Yeah. And I want to help people, but I also want the fame and the fortune. <laughs> <laughs> No, I don't give a fuck what anyone says about it. <laughs> you know, somebody somebody said something to me the other day and they were like, and they said something about, oh, it'd be good for you because you'll get a lot more followers. And I genuinely mean this. I don't, I don't care about yeah. if they're they're 
going to gain something from me. They're gonna, I'm gonna help them. Then fantastic. Yeah. But none of this is so that you can get a follower. If you, if you're doing things like this to gain followers, yeah, you're in a nicky place. Yeah, I, 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 I do. <laughs> but I, I, I'm not saying I want to grow my page because I want to grow this podcast because I want to be able to help people. And and some sometimes I have to have a word myself because some stuff is ego, and I know it is, and I have to think. Don't put that out. You're obviously self-aware enough to recognize. Yeah, definitely. That, which is yeah. Brilliant. Um, and like like we were saying before, I never looked at my behaviours before, and some stuff is ego, and I think that's for my benefit. I'm not fucking putting that out. But then and then if my message is to help someone else, then I put it out. So I'm very conscious and think about it and that because people will see right through that shit anyway. Do you know what I mean? So. Yeah, I do, but so there's something I have to work on. My ego has always been a problem with me, hence why I used to drink and, and take drugs and that so much. But um, if my intentions are pure and I set my intentions daily, That's then... then, um, I think then... people can spot a genuine person in my life. I can't Yeah, definitely, yeah, 100%. Yeah, definitely, yeah. And and you if you're going to um, do stuff like this and put your story and that out there, it's got to be for the right reasons, I think. Yeah, and, and, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And that, that's what, it, and the nail on the head, purpose. That's what I get ripped for it, but I do. I generally believe that that you get put through stuff, and if you're lucky enough to survive it, because a lot of people haven't, like like the situations. Even you was in that as well. It could have um, affected your health mentally. We we've come out the other end, and you get this overwhelming sense of care for people that are still. I was, I've done a talk with sober motivation Brad today. Yes. And then talking to him about it, that, yeah, yeah, and he and uh, him sharing his story, I didn't expect it, but I felt so embarrassed because I, 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 he told me this story, and I had this overwhelming sense of emotion come over me, and I was trying not to cry. I could feel my um my my jaw going and that, but to listen to his story and see where he's at, because I didn't know too much about his story, because he's, no. he's always telling other people about, everyone's telling him everyone's their talking. story. Yeah. That's why I wanted to get him on and listen to his, and um, and just to see how far he's come, and I thought how powerful that was, it's just really inspired me to even want to share my story even more, and I think it's important exactly. for people to do that. I always share that quote, and it is, one day, I've forgotten it now. <laughs> one, day, it. One, one day you will tell your story, of, of uh, like all your past and everything, and it become the, someone else's survival guide. And I, I truly believe that. You got through it. You got through that. Yeah. Yeah, I winged it a little bit because I was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Does anyone else want to talk? <laughs> well, I don't like making it all about me. <laughs> I've told you, I've got an ego. <laughs> well, no, back, you back to the purpose. <laughs> I, I do it is it is a purpose it's definitely 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 purpose so yeah absolutely and you're fucking brilliant Ooh, <laughs> you are <laughs> you are though i love it and and I, I love your page and i love everything you represent and thank you so much for coming on thank you so much great thank story you. thank you for sharing it with us yeah thanks for having me I'm probably going to shout at that by him now. I feel like we're in a relationship sometimes. Yes. <laughs> it really, really does. <laughs> <laughs>